Welcome to the Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast with your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Welcome to the ILMB Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast. Every Friday, I talk to a rookie who's making waves in the industry and succeeding in spite of the fact that it's ultra competitive, that there's more mortgage brokers than ever. Today on the show, I have Kayla Hutchinson. Kayla is one of the amazing brokers from our brokerage, ILMB Mortgage Pros, who's going through the Rookie to Rockstar program. And Kayla comes from a background of banking, so she spent seven years working for a banker as a basically an underwriter, so she didn't work on the client side of it, but handled thousands of files, and finally decided to bet on herself and became a mortgage broker. She joined her program 140 days ago. Prior to that, she had done no mortgages, personally anyway, and came into the program. In that 140 days, she has funded five mortgages. She's got two more set to fund, two more live deals that just came in the last week, and 18 pre-approvals. And these are people that are out house hunting. And all these pre-approvals are fully underwritten, full docs, credit, budgets built, everything. They just can't find a property. And Kayla has done all this, building a referral-based business and amazing, amazing what she's doing. And she's going to be crushing it as the years go by. In any case, a couple of the cool things I had a conversation with Kayla about. First, she talks about her first stated income insured deal and how one tiny, itsy-bitsy, tiny detail killed that file. She talks about how when she was a banker, what she thought of brokers, hint, we're not, you know, evil and bad like people think. And she shares a tip on conversion that's helped to retain more clients. So one of the things that we believe that you have to, as a new broker, you got to learn how to find business, you got to learn how to convert it, and then you got to learn how to fund it. And so she's now figured out the find piece. As I discussed, now the conversion is key. It's like, okay, you get the lead, but now how do you keep them? And so she shares a tip on that. And then she also talks about how one of the other brokers that she's met through the Rookie to Rockstar program, they become really good buddies and accountability partners. And she actually gives her some very, very good advice. Kayla said this is the number one thing holding me back. And it's also true for most new people. Check it out. Also want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. So Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application document collection submission platform. Very easy to use. Kayla's using it. It's easy for clients. It's got smart docs. It knows what documents you need. It allows them to upload their documents so you can look at them and review them. It's got smart submissions. So as you're submitting it, it looks at the lender and says, hey, don't forget, these are the guidelines you need to make sure you have so you get fewer declines and waste less time. Check out finmo.ca. And thanks again for checking out this episode. Hey, Kayla, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about yourself and where you're from. So I'm originally from Port Coquitlam, BC, and now currently in Abbotsford. A little bit about me is I'm an outdoor girl. So most people tend to look at me, they're kind of surprised by that. I tend to be looking more on the high maintenance side, but I absolutely love being outdoors, like hunting, hiking, fishing, kind of all the things you can think of. But most people are pretty surprised by that. I have a nickname called G.I. Jane. Because I'm a little feminine, but I'm also like a tomboy in that. A little time. tomboy too. A high maintenance. Yeah. That's hilarious. It's high maintenance. Yeah. Okay. So how did you get into the mortgage business? So when did you become a mortgage broker and what were you doing before? So shortly after post-secondary, I started as a teller in the bank and my manager sat me down with one of the top producing mortgage specialists and wanted me to just like learn how to spot opportunities for referrals. But what she didn't know is this mortgage specialist was also looking for an assistant. So when I sat down with her, we meshed really well. She could see I was eager and just like really like excited to learn. She could tell I liked numbers and she kind of took me over. So she poached me from the branch. My branch manager was not happy about this, but she brought me on as her assistant. And then over the years, I worked my way through. So became junior partner. We hired on a couple of assistants and then worked my way up to being a mortgage specialist myself on her team. So I got lots of experience. I was immersed at a young age in the mortgage industry. I was 21 when I started, but yeah, absolutely fell in love with it. And so when you were doing that, so you're basically working on the files on the underwriting side, right? Like getting them approved and stuff. Like how many yeah. files would you be working on at a time or what did that look like? 
Uh, we would be submitting 10 to 15 approvals like a week. Right. So whether that was purchases or refinances, and then we had all of our pre-approvals on the back end as well. So my job was from the file being fully reviewed, like making sure documents was there and like the base app was filled out. I would take it over and then fully review it. So yeah, it was kind of a little assembly line, but yeah, I'd say about 10 to 15 deals a week. Right. So tons of experience. So then what made you decide to leave that? I'm sure you had like a good day <laughs> with that to some degree to leave that to now become a mortgage broker. So I had felt like I plateaued where I was at. There wasn't much more room for me to grow because I was working under someone else's business essentially. So I'd kind of gone on autopilot. I knew my policies and procedures like the back of my hand. And so for me, I'm only 30. So it was like, you know, I want more for myself and now's the right time for me to make that jump. Okay. So how long did you do that for? How many years? Seven, almost eight. Right. So we're talking thousands. Long of time. I put my time in. I put my time okay. in. For so sure. when specifically did you jump into mortgages and did you go full-time, part-time? What happened there? So when I finally made the decision to leave my team, it was around April and May. So I left fully, just absolved the relationship. And then I challenged the mortgage broker exam. So because of that, I was able to kind of bang out my studying in six, eight weeks, something like that. I became a full-time student, which was a big adjustment for me. And I just, you know, tried to get everything I could to make sure I could pass that exam as fast as I could possibly. So, but then once I got my license, jumped in both feet and just tried to hit the ground running. Okay. So what surprised you most about being a broker versus a banker? Everything's done a little backwards. Like in the banking world, you have to have the full file, all documents appraisal before you can submit it for review. And on the broker side, it's kind of, depending on the lender, you send in potentially a shell application, then they ask for documents, then you order the appraisal. So just retraining my brain to think of the process different. That's been the biggest thing I noticed. Right. So what do you like about being a broker versus a banker? Like what's been an upside for you? I work for my client. Right. What I get mean? to Say, pick. Explain that to me. What <laughs> mean by that? So when you're with one bank, you have, you know, a couple different products within them, but you're limited to where you can take that client. So if they decline the client, then I was sending them to a broker. So right. now having a client come to me, I can see who's going to be the best rate product placement based on their long-term goals and make sure that they're actually in something that I'm, you know, I feel good at night about. Right. Okay. Last question on this. And I'm going to have some other questions. So what did you think of brokers before you became one? So you working at the bank, cause there's always this, like, we have yeah. these pretty like, it's kind of like, Hey, so what did you think of brokers before you became one? In the bank, it's reinforced that brokers are bad. Like that's just the long and the short of it. Brokers is like the wild west out there. They're just doing crazy things. There's no regulation. Like we can't trust the business that comes from them. Now being on this side, I'm like, wait, what? No, it's roles reversed. Like we're the trustworthy ones. We work for our clients. So it's right. just really, and we really get scrutinized funny. a lot. There's a lot more oh, scrutiny, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's yeah. nice having that insight. Cause I know that when I do say something, cause I used to say, Oh, your broker is going to be like a midnight broker. You're not going to be able to get a hold of them in a couple of years. It's reversed. Cause I had an RBC email. And then all of a sudden now clients can't get a hold of me. I am what I said I wasn't going to be. And so You're it's like, funny now. Yeah. So it's funny because now it's like, no, I like you can always get a hold of me. I don't work banker hours. You know, if you need me on the weekend, I might be there to answer your questions. So it's just so funny that everything I said brokers were is the opposite. Right. It's funny. Well, you know what? Whatever works, but I'm we're grateful that you're in this industry. So was there any yeah. point you ever questioned that this was the right call? Like, did you ever go through like, oh my gosh, like what was I thinking? I did in the sense because I left something comfortable and it was secure and I was making good money and I, you know, knew my job inside and out. 
So I never question of like, did I make the right decision for this industry? But taking that jump and going on my own and having kind of to start all over again with no database, that's the part that I was like, what have I done? But then it's like, it's a short-term pain for a long-term gain. And that's how I had to look at it. So, right. Okay. So I always like to share a file that you had lost or that you, because it's different in navigating that now looking back, you go, oh, I know how to handle that. And the more specific about names of clients, yeah. but the more specific, the better, because I think it helps listeners go, oh, hopefully I avoid that same. Thing. Yeah. So my first and only decline I've had was a insured state and income file. So I was familiar with state and income, but I didn't have the insured product where I was before. So the client was a strong client. He had great income, great business bank statements to support the state and income, excellent credit, but his co-borrower who wasn't state and income had an R2. And so the policy is there can be no R2s between either borrower and I didn't catch it. And I just didn't think that it was going to be a big deal because she wasn't the state and income earner. So the file got declined by the insurers and the lenders I had sent it to, but it's not all lost because the R2 was due to a discrepancy that she had filed. And so the collection now is cleared on her credit and now it's just them waiting to find another house that they like. So the deal fell through, but I haven't lost the client. So Okay, that's actually good. So you, yeah. you lost the deal, but you didn't lose the... Because sometimes you lose both. Sometimes you lose yes. both and the realtor, which even sucks more. You're like, well, oh my gosh. And that yeah. was my biggest concern. And it ended up being a blessing to them because shortly after the deal got declined, they had a personal situation which they wouldn't have been able to complete on the property anyways. So it all worked out and they're really happy with it. So Okay, so that's kind of like, a, okay. But lesson learned, read the policies a little deeper. Make sure you know. And the little, every like, I always say it's like this underwriting, it's like a giant maze and it's so confusing now compared to when mm -hmm. I started, you know, 2006. Uh, yeah. It's so much more complex. Okay, Definitely. so there are two distinct skills you got to master as a new mortgage broker, sales and underwriting, which has been harder for you. Sales, 100% sales, because underwriting was my jam. Like, that's what I loved was finding solutions for problems and, you know, making sure that the file debt service and figured out a way to do that. But the sales side, because that was never my responsibility where I was before, knew that was going to be my weakness, which is primarily the reason why I joined the brokerage, because I knew that there was a really heavy sales-based training. And so, yeah, the sales has been hard, but navigating it has been enjoyable because I've seen myself grow exponentially. Right. Well, I can even tell talking to you now compared to like three months ago, because I was like, you got it, Kayla. You're like, I don't know. Maybe I don't. You know, you're even starting to believe a little bit. You're like, maybe I do got it. Maybe the, my coaches are right. So for you, how has the sales training helped you? Like, give me an example of like a shift, something that you weren't doing before, but now that you're like, hey, this is a new me that I wasn't doing. Well, two things. So the sales, it was like going and getting the business, just, you know, kind of not taking no for an answer, just being really persistent with realtors, knowing your own value and just showing that to them, however you can. That's been really important for me because that's just been like pushed at me every single day. Like make your calls, make your calls, get in front of them. Mm -hmm. um, but then the other side of it is just retaining the business, which is essentially sales as well. And, you know, being very sticky with our clients, and introducing technology has been huge. And so that's been a big thing on the sales side is just, you know, once you that clients in front of you, how do you make sure they stop shopping around? How do you make sure that they are yours and they're not going anywhere? And so the training I've gotten from Ryan has just been absolutely insane. Like he's just opened his business up to us and he's just handing it to us in the brokerage. And it's amazing. Right. So you're talking specifically about like, we always talk, there's three things, finding, converting and funding. And so on the conversion side, which is the client piece, so, yeah. so give me an example of something that you have found has been helpful for you in terms of helping with conversion. 
using video, using video with my clients from the very first email, getting on Zoom so that clients can see me, interact with me, because they may never meet me, right? So getting them to trust me and building that relationship with them and just shooting off little videos where they can watch and rewatch and just, yeah, getting in front of them as much as I can so they actually feel like they know me. Right, yeah. And so was that uncomfortable for you at first? Was that something you were Oh, I would re-record video after video after video. And I think it was Lori had said one day, she's like, doesn't matter how many times you do it, it's never gonna be perfect. Just do it, send it, get it done. And I was like, yes. Like I needed to hear that because- I was so worried that, oh, I mean, I mumbled my words a little bit, but then I would just laugh it off. And I'm like, I'm a real person and just move on. And it was a learning curve Authenticity for me. beats everything. Be real, yeah. be you. And yeah. you know, it's okay to be a little bit messy. It's all good. So yeah. for you then, in terms of like going through this rookie to rock star stuff, what's been the most helpful sort of part of it for you? The mindset training. I was on the struggle bus for the first three or four months, I think you call it the Valley of Death. And yeah. I was just deep, deep the in struggle there. struggle bus sounds better than the Valley of Death. <laughs> like, dun, dun, dun. like that sounds a bit extreme. Well, I was That's taking me. the struggle bus to the Valley of Death. Like it was yeah. just, I <laughs> You're couldn't broke get down out. in the bus in the valley. 100%. It was just that overwhelming feeling. I'm type A. So like my brain works by, I need to know everything before I take a step forward. And that just doesn't work in this business. So being overwhelmed that I didn't know every lender's policy and being overwhelmed that I didn't know how to succeed at sales. It was just overwhelming to me. I felt so crippled. I'd wake up every day, just feeling exhausted. Like the last thing I wanted to do was go sit at my computer and put myself out there. But the mindset training and, you know, setting a morning routine has been huge. Like I'd always you know, had a morning routine where I was before because I was working 10, 12 hour days. I always had to make sure I got up really early, had all my stuff done before I'd even sit down at my desk. But now kind of having free reign of my business, it was like, well, I'm going to sleep in. I don't have so, to. Like I'll stay, yeah. you know, I'll watch Netflix and sleep in or, you know. You, exactly. You, you, yeah. So I started the 75 hard challenge at the end of November. And I think that really helped because it makes you prioritize your time in your personal side. But then it was trickling into my business where it's like, well, I have to get all this stuff done and I only have so many hours in the day. So just get after it. So, and so, okay. Are you done this 75 hard yet? No, I'm on day 59, I think. Okay. Stevie yeah. D is on it right now. He started it. And uh, yeah. so, I so I've read, on... like, I'm not a reader. I have read four books. I drink all my water, like doing my two workouts. It's just the habit building is insane. Like I know it's just going to keep going once I'm done. So I might right. just do the phase two. So Right. The harder 85. It's the next yeah. level. You know, they shouldn't be like marketing. Yeah. Uh, most people take the easy 100. It's just like I do whatever's easy for 100 days and then I'll repeat that. Okay, cool. So I uh, have some rapid fire questions you can answer with shorter answers. So what's one thing people can't find out about you from Google? I have a degree in criminology. Ah, were you going to get into law enforcement? I was going to get into CBSA or sheriff. And then I got into financing and then never left. Never left. Okay. What's a movie everybody should watch at least once? So I'm not a big movie person, but I tend to go back to like a few movies and I'll just rewatch them. But Braveheart, it's like one of the longest movies, but I absolutely love it. Yeah, I would not expect, maybe this is what you said before, you're part tomboy, because that's like one of these like, but it's kind of a love story. There's a bit, yeah, there's a bit of a love story. And then there's like fighting for freedom. And yeah, it's all yeah. good. It's a great movie, actually. I remember yeah. the first time I saw it, I was like, I want to be Scottish. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are three software programs or digital tools you can't run your business without? Well, Finmo is a given that with the digital signing is just a given, but the three I use the most is Google Workspace. So Google Docs and Google Sheets. Calendly I use for all of my appointments with my clients and my realtors. And then my recent addition is BombBomb. So I upgraded from Lim to BombBomb. I splurged when I got my first new funded deals and I love it. Yeah, it's a great tool. Okay. So what's the best advice you've received as a new mortgage broker? 
pick up the phone and call, get in front of as many realtors as you can when you're first starting out and just get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Right. Knowing what you know now, is there anything you do different if you start over? I would have just got my license with you. I would have been licensed with your brokerage from the get-go. I was only on my other brokerage for, I think it was five or six weeks, but I would have spent that time actually doing something for my business instead of just making really nice posts on Instagram. Right. So one of the things that we were chatting with before we came on the air was that you've kind of made this kind of a buddy in the brokerage that's really been helpful. You guys are kind of pushing each other. So talk to me about that and how that's helped you. Yeah. So it was an unexpected friendship. There's another broker in our brokerage in Alberta, Sarah. So she just reached out to me, asked me questions on something because she knew I kind of had underwriting experience. And then now we talk every single day. So every time we've got a win, we'll share it. Um, Every time, you know, we're having a struggle, we'll share it with each other. But it's been great because I have someone every day to keep me accountable. Like we'll set our goals for how many calls we want to make. And then afterwards be like, Oh, did you meet your goal? Like how'd that pitch go? And it's just nice. Cause it's nice to know that there's someone else in the same boat as you going through the same struggles. And we just kind of lean on each other and push each other up. It's been an unexpected friendship, but it's honestly amazing. It's kind of like having a workout partner where some days you don't feel like working out and they do, yes. but they're there and you're like, okay, I guess I'm coming. And then another yep. day you do and they don't. And so there's a built in mechanism there so that you both are better. So Yeah. And sometimes you have the best workouts when you don't want to. So some of my best days are when she's pushed me. So, right. Okay. So has she ever said anything to you? That's kind of like, not in a bad way, but like, kind of like made you go, Oh, you're right. Like, has she ever kind of given you a positive nudges, but kind of that stung a little bit at the same time? Yeah. So I really get in my head and I just kind of think of all the things that might go wrong. And she tries to tell me nicely that I'm the reason why my business won't succeed. Like I need to get out of my own way and just know that I know what I'm doing and just take it from there. She's a smart girl. You got to listen yep. to her, you know, and, yep. but I'm sure you do the same for her, right? You guys kind of lean on each other. That's awesome. So Definitely. Kayla, I'm excited to see what you're doing with your business. Like I can tell you're getting a groove. So congrats on that. And it's awesome. So keep crushing it. Thanks Scott. I owe a lot of it to the brokerage. So thank you. At the end of the day though, you do the work as we always say it's yes. like a treadmill. If you don't do the work, eh, you're like, ah, oh, Scott, you're <laughs> just a coat sucks. rack. Like, yeah. It's like yeah. a coat rack. I got clothes on it. Well, you're still doing it. So good on you guys. Thank you. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.